Beloved of God, welcome to Breaking Open the Word, the Sunday edition of the God Minute. I'm Father Michael, and today Holy Mother Church celebrates its birthday, the great festival of Pentecost, which is the conclusion or fulfillment, if you will, of the Easter season. Now on this Pentecost Sunday, the gospel reading chosen for us is taken from the 20th chapter of John's gospel, verses 19 to 23. So let's place ourselves in the presence of the Lord, open ourselves to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit as this word enlivens us in the gospel today. On the evening of the first day of the week, where the doors were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst of them and said, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overcome and rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Now, before going on with my reflection today, I'd like to uh, include the story of Pentecost that we were told in the Acts of the Apostles today, um, which comes from the second chapter, verses 1 through 4. It's just a portion of it, but it says this. When the time for Pentecost was fulfilled, they were all in one place together. And suddenly there came from the sky a noise like a strong driving wind, and it filled the entire house in which they were. Then there appeared to them tongues as of fire, which parted and came to rest on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different languages as the Spirit enabled them to proclaim. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Just before the basketball game started, both teams gathered together and they prayed briefly. A fan was seated next to a priest, and he asked what he thought it would, uh, what he thought would happen if both teams prayed with equal faith and fervor. In that event, replied the priest, I imagine the Lord would simply sit back and enjoy one fine game of basketball. <laughs> oh gosh. Now you may be asking yourself, why in the world did Father Michael read? not only the gospel, but also a portion of the first reading for Pentecost? Well, it's a good question. And I have an answer. You see, there are two very specific reasons why I did that today. First and foremost, these two passages chosen for the festival of Pentecost are intimately connected with the commissioning that Jesus gives his disciples and us before returning to the Father. 
The second reason is because like when the disciples went out to spread the good news of Jesus Christ, it is imperative that we hear and experience the word of God spoken to us. It's one thing for us to read it, but even the church suggests that we listen attentively to the word of God when it is proclaimed at Mass, rather than following along in our missal or missalettes. Now, I know saying that may offend someone who has difficulty hearing or understanding the reader. And certainly, there are exceptions to everything. However, this makes it imperative that those who are trained to be readers or lectors practice and pray over the readings before ever attempting to proclaim them aloud to the assembly. Once they've prepared themselves for their ministry, only then should they take on the role to serve the people in the liturgy. And just so you know, I'm not just picking on readers or lectors, but all those involved in any way for the liturgy, musicians, ushers, including deacons and priests, we have to be prepared too. You see, the Mass, the word means mission, is our work. It's our identity. It forms us as a people of faith and brings us into unity with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Mass is also referred to as liturgy. And the word liturgy literally means work of the people. We have to work at perfecting what we do in order to fulfill our purpose to praise and glorify God. It is in this moment of grace at the Mass that we are empowered by the grace of God to go live the mission of Jesus Christ, of the Word of God, of the holy sacrifice of the Mass. We have to be united in word, in deed, and in spiritual connection in order to best serve the Lord and his people. And in order for that to happen, we have to be unified. I've been reflecting and praying a lot during the Easter season about all the disunity I've observed around me. When preparing for this reflection for you today, I took the opportunity to look up the word unity. The dictionary was not so helpful. It said, unity is the state of being united or joined as a whole. Well, duh. <laughs> but then it went on to say, the state of forming a complete and pleasing whole. Referencing words like harmony, solidarity, oneness, and peace. For some reason, those few additional words struck me to better understand the word unity, a pleasing oneness and solidarity of harmony and peace. Well, isn't that what Jesus desired from us all along? Don't you think that the reason we were given the Holy Spirit to unite us with the Father and the Son was so that we could accomplish the mission of Jesus Christ here on earth? Let's face it. Our world, now more than ever, needs our passion for the Lord and our unity 
of expressing our faith. Our apathy and our satisfaction with good enough is not working. No longer are we allowed to say, I just don't want to get involved. Look, if you bear the name of Christ as a Christian, you're already involved. And we have a responsibility to change our world as Jesus commissioned us to do. But that means that you and I have to be united in all things. We have to stop the subtle division we are experiencing now or we're creating. Think of it. Let me give you some examples. When you go to Mass on Sunday, is everybody doing the same thing? Are they all singing the songs? Are they all responding to the prayers? Are they all kneeling, standing, sitting, listening together? Do they all have the intention and desire to worship and praise God and to receive from him the grace necessary to accomplish the mission of Jesus Christ? When you go to communion, is everybody in procession receiving communion the same way? Or are there individuals who have decided to make this a private devotion as opposed to a united moment to bring us into communion with one another and with our God. Again, I'm not trying to offend anyone, but rather to show how subtle we have changed the liturgy to fit our needs, rather than to praise and worship God as one unity of persons, allowing the grace of the liturgy liturgy to change us for the mission we've been called to do. Think of the individuals that you know who live right across the street from their church and yet travel miles to go to a different church just because they like the music or they like the priest or the way they do mass rather than the parish closest to them. I hear people say all the time, I can't understand Father when he speaks. Or, there's just more reverence at the church where I go to. Or, it's just easier to stay home and watch Mass on television. Maybe it's these subtle disunity of things that has caused all the chaos and perhaps even the reason why people have left the church. At some point, we have to acknowledge that the boutique parish and allowing everybody to do their own thing is causing great division among us. Okay, so what's the solution? Well, today's Pentecost, the birthday of the church, a time for a new beginning, a time to work at being united, complete and pleasing, whole, living in solidarity and peace. Well, that means that some of us are going to have to let go of some of our personal preferences and reattach ourselves to doing things as intended by the Church and the Second Vatican Council. This is especially true if we want to refer to ourselves as truly Catholic and truly faithful to the mission of the Gospel and Jesus Christ. And believe me, 
actions speak louder than words. Coming together in unity will impact our world for the better. You know, when the Mass was in the vernacular of Latin, the closing line was ite misa est, which when translated didn't mean the Mass is ended, but instead meant go live the mission. That's what we're commanded by God to do. Go live the mission. Now we have the renewal of the fullness of the Spirit in us today. So let's do it. Let's go live that mission and unite ourselves as one body of Christ. Beloved of God, remember that you are God's disciples and you must carry out his mission. So take good care of yourself and one another. And by God's grace, we'll see you tomorrow.